0: Okay, let's do it. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the new episode of District of Cinema, the silver screen podcast for the eagle. Hi, agree. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, today, we are talking about biopics Biogra- biopics biographical yeah, biographical pictures, pictures. <laughs> i guess that's what they're called yeah uh and these are pretty common movies actually i think i kind of realized that a lot of movies are biopics nowadays so i think we should start by uh, as always by listing our favorite ones would anyone like to start you start Tristan. i yeah. start okay well i gotta start pull when up you,
1: my... when, you start.
0: <laughs> <laughs> when i ask the question. Yeah yeah no, that's answer my. your own question all right well i have a bunch here um, hmm. um so what don't look at my list i forgot that was a bio which
1: one beasts of no nation
0: i guess you know, it's kind of a biopic um so two of my favorite ones they i don't know i guess they so happen to both be about uh, child soldiers but oh my goodness. um beasts of no nation You're which is really <laughs> thank you um which is uh directed by Carrie joji Fukunaga based on a book the the movie itself isn't exactly a biopic but the, it's based off a book that is a biographical account of uh being a child soldier um and it is a very visceral and very emotionally just very powerful movie um and it looks amazing uh, F- Fukunaga is a great director and first they killed my father which is directed by Angelina Jolie actually um and I think it's because I think she's adopted a Cambodian child before I'm not too sure because I think she and Brad Pitt had like I don't know what 10 children something like that. Like they adopted a bunch and and I know that she has a lot of connections with Cambodia and so she decided to take also a book uh the first take of my father's story and convert it into a movie and that is also a great great film it's on netflix very yeah it's it's sad um and awful uh but a very good film um (laughs) these are all my picks are really sad there's like (laughs) schindler's list also one of my favorite movies of all time about oscar i love the
2: soundtrack from schindler's list so much
0: i I think people don't realize it's a biopic because but i think it is because it focuses on this guy schindler um oscar schindler oscar schindler and i've actually been to the uh i guess it was a factory Factory? Mm -hmm. yeah in uh krakow oh wow where it was shot and where the actual factory is and they shot like on location which i Mm -hmm. thought was amazing honestly
2: that's that movie always really makes me cry that movie
0: honestly also always makes me cry um especially at the end Mm -hmm. where he's like about to leave uh the factory and very sad i i just have all like sad pi- uh pics this is like tearjerkers part two <laughs> i feel like
2: they make a lot of sad biopics too though because that's true some of the stories we cling on to the most are the ones that we feel you know the most emotionally drawn to that i is think it's probably why we have so many maryland biopics
0: Marilyn Marilyn Monroe Monroe. I'm so Uh, sorry yeah I thought you said said Maryland yeah Maryland
2: I just I love her I gotta love Maryland (laughs) all my Marylanders
0: I love you too oh on the uh, I'll I'll list one more I'll list one more before I pass it off to someone else but Black Klansman as well is Mm. one of my favorites and that Mm. one is quite fun Um, obviously also dealing with very heavy topics um, but it's got like Spike Lee flair and just John David Washington is so good. And Adam Driver, too. He's always pretty funny. Good soup. <laughs> Um, What about everyone else?
1: Um, bouncing off of that Spike Lee train is Malcolm X, which is a really mm. great biopic, which stars John David Washington's dad, Denzel Washington, <laughs> as Malcolm X. Runs in the family. Yeah, and I think it avoids a lot of the um, problems that biopics often tend to have when they try to cover a person's whole life in that it's extremely comprehensive, and to do that, I think it's like three and a half hours long. Yeah. So, but it's really, really well-performed and really visceral and doesn't follow the, like, typical hollywood formula of like pigeonholing someone's entire <laughs> life into a narrative arc <laughs> yeah it, it ends really abruptly just like his actual life did right and um yeah and obviously i don't know the way spike lee like uses a camera is just amazes me he all really, the time he really is just like his how, shots he's, are he's masterful. having fun with it you can tell
0: he's having fun with it in like every movie that he does and that's i love that um that's a great pick actually do you have any more I list like four yeah i
1: can list <laughs> another one which is also adapted from books but in a different way so it's mishima a life in four chapters which tristan knows i talk about constantly every day. yeah pretty much every time i see him um it's about this japanese author who's like the most famous author in his country named uh, yukio mishima and he is like really disgruntled with how um, the nation is going like towards more capitalist society. He wants to return to the, like imperial Japan. Oh. So his, uh, yeah. I he, did not
0: know it was going to go there.
1: Yeah. Well, it didn't, sadly <laughs> for him. God bless. So he commits seppuku. <laughs>
0: in front of, uh, why, why would you? Why? Okay. Thank listen. you for, Thank you for saying that.
1: He just like he he has a lot of internal struggles. It's kind it's a really hard movie to describe which I think the fact that it's so well executed is a testament to like what a great job Paul Schrader did with the film. But it's it's like really visually gri- uh, gripping. It's got like these set pieces that I've I've never seen anything that's like this cool. Right. There's this golden pavilion I've heard about um, the Golden Pavilion.
0: Yes. Yeah, and the are way famous. that
1: they the way they tell the story is like they switch between um, the day that he commits suicide back and forth with like vignettes that are basically reenactments of three of his novels, and they tie the themes of those novels back into like the themes of his life. So there will be like. Uh, scene of his childhood and then like a scene from a novel he wrote tying back into his childhood and just and like a scene about his sexuality because he kind of um was a closeted gay man in japan you know in the i think it was the 80s or 70s I think were,
0: yeah the 70s yeah.
1: yeah and just like how he wrote a story about that and nobody really tied that into like his actual life until after he had died Right. And a lot of the things in the movie actually, like, angered his estate and his family. and
0: Because it's a it's a American production. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. an
1: American production. Um, it's really interesting. Like, mm-hmm. it's produced by, like, Francis Ford Coppola and <laughs> Steven Spielberg. <laughs> really? And they, yeah, they knew it was going to fail because it's such a oh. niche story. Oh and it God. did. It lost so much money. Right. But, um... Yeah, it's just really interesting how they tell the story, and the score is really fantastic. Like, I think there's music running throughout the entirety of the movie. Oh, wow. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that has been on my list for a very long time. Mishima. I've been meaning to see it.
1: I'll let someone else talk now.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I've brought up my favorites on episodes before, so I feel bad, like, rehashing them. Oh,
0: please. Do it again. Do it again.
2: Okay, um... Well, i guess the one that holds like the most meaning to me will forever be like the selena biopic that is just titled selena yeah it's gonna be i tanya well that that holds different emotional meaning to me but um yeah i loved um the selena biopic from the time i was pretty young again just a very sad (laughs) story but um i don't know her music just (laughs) i love it it always that movie always makes me cry i never get bored of watching it so um yeah I do also love Itania. Um that's one of my top films of all time because I used to be a competitive figure skater. Don't know if I've ever mentioned that on this podcast, but it's um the truth.
0: There are some skating scenes in I, <laughs> you know,
2: it might be about skating. Yeah, um but be. the one scene where she like puts on her makeup in the mirror <laughs> and starts like crying <laughs> was like my competitive experience <laughs> of okay. figure skating. So um When I saw that, I was like, "Wow, whoever helped write this script, like, either did really good research, or like, I know uh, Tanya Harding herself was involved in the making of that film." So, yeah, I mean, I just, I, I will forever respect that movie because of that one scene. Because I was like, "Yeah, that, that was good." Um, You're like, "Yeah." It was a nice princess. I was like, "I "I, Tanya." Like, I was like, "I question mark (laughs) Tanya." Yeah, that's Um, a like. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I know it's an easy one, and then I will say <laughs> thank you.
0: High level humor today. Really I was fun. talking.
2: I definitely have mentioned how much I love Stephen Hawking on this podcast. Oh, theory talk about it! Talk about it! Uh, talk about I'm it. sorry. The theory of everything makes me so sad, <laughs> <laughs> and I love Stephen Hawking. every time that. I- <laughs> i'm so sorry
0: are you talking <laughs> about like the actor or actually Stephen hawking? no actually
2: steven hawking i mean that guy eddie oh my god i'm forgetting redmayne. his name eddie redmayne, eddie redmayne eddie yeah redmayne. i love him too he was great in Les Mis. he was like the time is here yes, he wasn't um famous. yeah he was he was cute um but um yeah i mean <laughs> god to Hawking. he's yeah such a cool guy and um yeah, I thought there's this video of him visiting the set of The Theory of oh. Everything and they like they let him watch the fireworks that they were
0: filming for one scene and he looked so happy. <laughs> it just makes me
2: cry. Anyway, I love that movie. Um
0: That it's is a very great movie. Cute. I I may have seen that in theaters actually. I know theater.
2: Jane Jane liked the movie or whatever. It was one of those rare biopics where like I think everyone was pretty on board with it happening. Is it was like the she was his wife. His wife, uh-huh, his before, first uh huh. Before, yes, first wife. Um, and I think I'm pretty sure. Anyway, sorry if I'm remembering this incorrectly. Anyone in the audience? But a lot of times, though, with biopics, like I know with Judy, uh, uh-huh. Liza Minelli was pretty upset about that happening. Um, I think there's just a lot of times where biopics, the family members or people involved, get really upset at the way that yeah. people are depicted because. It, i mean you go back to i Tanya too you can never with these controversial stories that become biopics mm-hmm. we typically only have one person's side of the story or like yeah. the i Tanya one was based off real interviews that happened yeah and we will never know you know <laughs> with some of these biopics the other side of the story because the biopic is not being made from their perspective mm-hmm so uh and with historical biopics too you always run the risk of how accurate is this and like are people making up narratives because they want a hollywood ending i know with harriet that happened i know oh, people really? were pretty mad about how that ended
0: I, I i hadn't i was gonna see that harriet it looked really good um yeah
2: i, I mean i don't know what happens but... um I, I i i really i'm not gonna look it up because i am too lazy right <laughs> now but um I'm pretty sure that when it came out, people were mad because the ending was some, like, made-up thing that never right. happened. Some, like, epic um, battle. Yeah, yeah, it was really? just, like, her, like, oh it wasn't an epic battle, but it was, like, her yelling at someone that, like, like, yeah, it was criticized for being, like, w- white saviory and oh, erasing white violence. And, like, yeah, so it was, yeah, it's stuff like that, though, that we come back to, and it's, like, we're making these yeah, biopics, yeah. but how accurate are we making them? Well, this is the perfect yeah. segue okay.
0: into what I wanted to bring up, which was the creative agency biopics take and mm. how faithful or unfaithful the movies are. Um like sometimes I think a lot of biopics make a lot of like creative decisions just for like drama and entertainment's sake. Um I don't know if anyone has any notable examples, but
1: Bohemian Rhapsody.
0: Yeah. I haven't seen that yet. Um, but what happens in Bohemian Rhapsody? Oh, yeah. It's just a lot of historical
1: inaccuracy, especially surrounding, um, Freddy's sexuality from Mm. beginning to end. Like, it kind of depicts his, uh, I forget her name. But it depicts his, like, lifelong close female friend as, like, being in a relationship with him. Which I think they were for, like, a really short amount of time. But it kind of depicts his life as like it could have been a lot easier and much better if he just would have dated a woman. <laughs> which is That is yeah, uh, I'll just, I, that uh, is
0: the uh yeah, that is the wrong message.
1: Yeah Jesus. He like basically blames his death on his sexuality. Like so, that's uh, what the
0: movie alludes to?
1: Like Yeah, basically. It just shows <laughs> him like <laughs> No, it's I'm like, serious. That's evil. It's an evil movie. <laughs> oh, God. If he was not... Yeah. Lord. Reagan made that movie. From the <laughs>
0: Reagan made that movie. I'm sad. Another, <laughs> another one that I know that I've seen is um, The Last King of Scotland. I don't know if anyone has seen that. Uh-uh. It's. Um, I
1: need to. Didn't Forrest? Sorry. sorry. F- yeah, Forrest Whitaker is... So basically Forrest the premise God. is... Yeah, Forrest, Forrest <laughs> G- One best uh, actor at the Oscars <laughs> at <laughs> Forrest <here>. Go- <laughs>
0: Forrest Whitaker did. I think he did win. Yeah. Like, for that role, so basically, I'll tell the premise. Uh, Forest Whitaker plays Idi Amin, who is a. Uh, I'm blanking on the country. Um, Uganda. Uganda. Yeah, he was the Ugandan dictator, um, during the '80s, and basically you fall. He's not the main character. It the main character is like his doctor, who is like from Scotland. Sorry. Uh, played by James McAvoy, who is a. I think he is Scottish, actually. Um, but Idi Amin has like this fascination with like Scotland and whatever, which is why the movie's called Last King of Scotland. Um, and it all the the climax of the movie, like the most climactic point, the whole like setup, uh, like thrilling point of the end, surrounds the um, the that plane that landed in the Ugandan airport, and it was hijacked by PLO or. I'm not sure if it was PLO or maybe it was Hezbollah, I'm not too sure. But then the uh Israeli commandos had to go in and um mm. rescue the plane. I don't know if anyone knows about this event. No. It's a very bi- it's a very big historical event. And it was where the former presidents the former Israeli president Netanyahu's brother was killed during that. Um it's, oh, it's a okay. and he was like the only um one who was killed by operation. It's it's a wild like It's a very uh, well-known, like, military operation, and basically the film takes that and places the main character in it, and it just gets a bit messy and really odd. Like, I don't know why they decided to – I guess it makes sense because they're in Uganda and whatever. (laughs) But I don't know. It's just, like, grabbing a historical (laughs) – Probably happened. (laughs) (laughs) Like, grabbing, like, a historical event and throwing your, like, main characters in it, like, ooh. They can play uh, yes. Like,
2: Like, maybe Titanic, would right. you say?
0: A little bit, yeah. Okay.
1: A little bit. Hijackers. I simulator. feel like that's a
2: very interesting segment of films, though, of taking a real historical event and trying to put characters right. into them. Right.
0: Because I was not expecting that. To, I knew about this, like, event before. Mm-hmm. But, like, I'm watching this movie, and then, like, they, he shows up at an airport. I'm like, oh, this is where the movie is going to go. Right, um, and I thought it was I was a bit thrown off a bit, um, and then there's also things like The Irishman, that answers history or maybe gives an answer to historical events, because the main character, I forget his name now, I'm blanking. Jimmy. On Jimmy. Uh, no, 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 Jimmy. If you forgot the uh, name. Conway. Jimmy. James Conway or whatever. That's
1: Goodfellas. N- oh, but it's De Niro's character. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy De Niro's character. Cheers. Uh, Frank.
0: Sheeran. Fra- Sheeran. Yeah, Frank Sheeran father of ed sheeran um frank Uh, sheeran is literally seen killing jimmy hoffa yeah and that and like people don't know what happened to jimmy hoffa right it's like undisputed it's like right right but the movie straight up answers that i think that's really an interesting choice
1: and i think the book answers it too the one that's based on that yeah, the movie's based that, on. that is a st or book title to i paint houses which if you've seen the movie <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's he a he, does great indeed, title. he does
0: title. he doesn't paint houses yes accuracy
2: is important
0: i guess it is
2: i would say though that and maybe I'm, I'm fighting I a losing guess. battle here but where we come in with accuracy is that for some people Films are going to be their only exposure to the topic that you're discussing, whether that be someone's life or some historical event, whatever. Uh, As much as we don't want that to be the case, a lot of times, you know, people won't read the full book. People won't go back and consult what really happened in XYZ historical event. So um, I think in terms of historical accuracy, I'm pro (laughs) being as accurate in the movie, I understand there's an entertainment value or whatever, mm. but a lot of these stories about these people are really interesting and don't need this Hollywood flashy ending to yeah. be interesting. Yeah,
0: no, exactly. I think a great film that does that, that sort of um, there is still drama to it, but it's still very, like, real. I think it's like Spotlight does that really well. Mm. There is not exactly... Like incensuated drama, like like it's it's very um, focused in on what the film is actually about, like the actual historical facts. Mm-hmm. Um, I <laughs> I, don't, I think Goodfellas. I, I'll bring up like I think the crime biopics are like the the ones. like not actually not the funniest ones. The funniest ones are the war military. One, but I'll get to that. <laughs> um, but the um, the crime ones are are interesting because. A lot of them are pretty, like, outrageous, but then it's also, like, true. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Which kind of shows how crazy that world of of crime was. Um, Things like Black Mass, um, which is sort of silly, um, but I guess true in a sense. Um, Or Goodfellas, um, which, I mean, still takes creative liberties.
2: Bonnie and Clyde.
0: Yeah, Bonnie and Clyde.
2: We have about how many films about Bonnie and Clyde? I I think, like...
0: Honestly, biopics about crime (laughs) sort of immortalizes these criminals.
2: I agree. I have a very big bone to pick. Uh, Sorry, everyone. This is the first time I'm going to get angry about something. But I truly do. About making biopics about serial killers. I am so anti-it happening. Because, I'm sorry, I already get annoyed that like in a lot of these cases... You can ask people, name one victim of this person. Nothing comes to mind. That is infuriating that, Mm -hmm. like, I think there's a lot of people to blame for that. But the fact that we then turn to... I mean, what was that year that, like, four movies came out about Ted Bundy? Like, what was that about?
0: like, two years ago, yeah.
2: That is ridiculous. I'm sorry, that's ridiculous. Like, I don't understand why we need to be immortalizing these people in the way that you say Mm -hmm. because... You know what is the purpose, right. particularly I, I'm when we're sure, so close to
0: it? I'm pretty sure that year of the Zac Efron Ted Bundy. We have Ted Bundy in our office, unfortunately, because we have a cutout of Zac.
2: Oh my gosh, I was so confused what you were talking about for a minute. <laughs>
0: okay. Um, I think that year also, I think a uh, biopic of Jeffrey Dahmer came out. Oh,
2: another one's coming out too. Really? Yes.
0: Oh my god, why?
2: I. That's what I'm saying. That man I is don't the most, understand. While like,
0: evil humans ever walked well and i i don't ever, buy the but, excuse
2: like we're trying to understand them or i, I don't buy no. it. i don't get it it's
0: it's really like we don't you don't need to understand like psychopaths and empathize with them or what like no unless you're trying to sh- give a movie to be like this is how awful they were we kind of already know how awful they are mm-hmm. you know like i think something like mindhunter is a bit different because mindhunter a Netflix show um, goes into like the psychology of serial killers, but it's on the, it's from the perspective of like FBI agents trying to understand in order to solve more crimes.
2: I think there's an argument to be made there of like yeah. the the it's the angle it's the angle yeah. that you're taking it from, and if you're trying to make a Hollywood blockbuster about something right. like this, it is very
0: unsettling to me. Yeah. Especially when they're the protagonist, I think that's yes. The issue, you know yes. When they're the protagonist. <laughs> it's, like how do you? I don't. I can't imagine making a movie about that. Like, it's very difficult. Um, gosh, that is a very good point. Um, but yeah. Sorry, it's like the
2: first time I've gotten animated on this podcast. I do <laughs> apologize to the crowd.
0: No, it's it's a very. It's a genuinely like. I mean, we could talk about like biopic ethics. Like, oh,
2: I think there's so much to you know? talk about in that field, and I think. Oh, the producers, who is behind the movie is always so flipping interesting to me. <laughs> you could argue Zola is a biopic, but I think anyway. Zola is a biopic. Moving a on. Yeah. Um, whoever's behind the movie is always a super interesting thing to look at because the people telling the story genuinely changes the angle of the story.
0: Absolutely.
2: If you have people behind it that are trying to make money, <laughs> Mm-hmm. You're gonna get a different story than people who are authentically trying to tell a story, to address a topic, to whatever. It's exactly. going to be different.
0: Right. I, th- there's a great example, I think, right now, currently, which is the American. Is it called American Crime Story? Uh-huh. Oh that's yes. Like, with uh, Please. Monica Lewinsky. Monica Lewinsky is yeah. producing it. Yeah. That's a. I mean, I. That's a. I. I think it's a great step, like into like actually portraying people with some truth with some history i mean we're all journalists here we're we're striving for the truth so well
2: she was talking on a podcast uh monica Lewinsky was (laughs) about um being involved in that and she had no creative like jurisdiction over it but she was saying that they were going to leave out some parts of her story because they thought they could be potentially like embarrassing to her and she was like no everybody knows you got to leave it in the story it's part of the story right and even though she she ultimately made the decision to keep it in, I think her having the autonomy over her own story that her name is associated with, even though we should be calling it like the Clinton scandal, we should not be calling it the Monica Lewinsky scandal. Mm-hmm. She has some autonomy over what happened oh, and absolutely. how it's portrayed going forward. And I think that that's like... She'll be the first to say, like, "Well, I messed up some things, and I whatever." But I think giving her the freedom to choose how her name is profited off of is really important.
0: Absolutely. So, it, it, I mean, if they're around, you should definitely be including the people you're making movies about, right?
1: Um, for sure. Uh, maybe not a uh, OJ, but
0: okay. Well, <laughs> that's that's a different story. Um, I mean, I heard the OJ. Uh trial show on netflix the, was
2: you mean was it, american it's crime story yes. is it also american yes. crime yes. story they oh, did okay. him they did um what was darren chris it was the, the, the assassination of Darren glee Versace. with the glee guy darren chris yeah, yes Criss. Yeah. and um so know, <laughs> yeah theirs have always been um they they do a good job to handle all the issues that address it's they mostly focus on the legal side of things to be honest with you right. and they do focus parts on far, parts of the case that are important to the context of what's going on um and i think that that helps to kind of contextualize some of these things that we didn't necessarily live through or don't remember living through yeah that's true
0: um, a lot of times these movies are like ways for a younger generation to even learn about history which is like, go back of, to my point exactly. of and Accuracy it's more, should matter for and that. And it's reason. more like palpable, right? As like a movie. Like, mm-hmm. you want to learn about, yeah, the over, like, the whole life of, like, I don't know, a famous person, just watch a biopic about them, I guess. Um, right. But I think there are definitely, like, issues if the biopic is.
2: Well, you. Biopics are interesting because they do border the line of, like, you guys were saying journalism and filmmaking, yeah. you know? And I think we've mentioned this on that show, on this show. But, um, you really do run a much stranger risk than you do with more movies about creative freedom. And even I know with Zola, like there were certain parts of uh, Zola's thread that they ultimately took out of the movie because right. they didn't think would play well to a crowd. But I, I believe she was involved in making those decisions, mm-hmm. which makes me feel better about consuming it. Cause I know she's profiting off of it. Yeah. I know she's, it's her story and the parts that they chose to omit like she probably got to confirm that that was okay mm-hmm. you know so i think consumption and the consumption of biopics we should you know continue Absolutely. to question
0: I- i'm going to bring up one biopic that i think everyone has seen here that is considered one of like if not the best biopic or like one of the best like one of the best like movies to come mm-hmm. out in the last two decades um which i'm sure the biopic that it's about the actual person probably doesn't have any uh real thoughts about it um or tries to disassociate but uh the social network um i think is an interesting one because it, <laughs> i think it definitely takes a lot of creative liberty like a lot um with the zuckerberg with the zuck story um but what do you think i have i have some little like facts and things but about it I have not seen this film you haven't I thought you have
1: no oh the choice to have Aaron Sorkin be the screenwriter is really uh
2: Aaron Sorkin yeah,
1: <laughs> it was,
2: yeah that Aaron was Sorkin. my contribution to that story
1: <laughs> yeah Aaron Sorkin yeah you know i I uh,
2: watched the West Wing for a period of time
1: yeah I haven't seen the West Wing but based on all the other Aaron <laughs> Sorkin stuff I've seen like um oh Trial of the Chicago Seven. Also oh. a biopic. Oh yeah, but that's like a that biopic was... about like seven people.
0: Sasha Baron Cohen, which
2: a is also heart a hard emoticon.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that uh, uh Borat One uh, egg. trilogy. One egg is enough. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Aaron Sorkin's writing style is really interesting because it's fast-paced and like notably not very naturalistic. So it's interesting that he keeps working on all these biopics about <laughs> real people. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know really what to make no, of that. I though. watched this
0: I watched this like I think it was a uh one of those stupid um video essays like short video essays about uh Aaron Sorkin's writing in The Social Network is rhythmic and yeah. like yeah
1: and, that type of stuff.
0: And like how uh Jesse Eisenberg is delivering his lines in like a rhythmic fashion uh ups the umps the tempo of this. And I'm like um I think this is just someone performing some lines i don't really see a very big significance here um and that's just how aaron sorkin writes anyway exactly
1: Um, yeah the
2: west wing is very much like that it's like people yelling at each other for like 45 minutes and running around in circles i think it's
1: more well done but it does remind me of the dialogue from malcolm and marie (laughs) <laughs> or it's just, like, people yelling at each other for prolonged yeah. periods oh, is that, of time. Oh, is that, is that
0: a biopic, too? <laughs> I don't think it so. It might as well be. It that might as well be a biopic of Sam Levinson himself. Yeah. whining um, <laughs> about <laughs> through two black movie people. criticism. <laughs> <What>? Yeah.
1: <laughs> allow me to uh, project my feelings onto minorities yeah, so allow, you can't allow say anything allow about it. Allow
0: me to literally project how I think black people feel about filmmaking as a white person. Through two black actors. That's the only one. was I mean, that like really.
2: the criticism of that movie? The yeah, like basically,
0: well, <laughs> I don't want to d- delve into it. Don't but watch.
2: sorry, okay.
0: Like Sam Levinson, basically, his dialogue in that movie is just all of his qualms about what's wrong with filmmaking now, I guess, or what's wrong with even criticism. Oh, I never ramed, saw it. Ramed ramed it. I, I saw the like the first of fifteen minutes. Yeah. Between a couple. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Who are both blacks? Yeah, I. Yeah. Yeah. But then there's like a there's a a tangent where John David Washington's character goes off his name's Malcolm <laughs> where he goes off yeah I got off, that far yeah he goes off about how like every every critic is looking at these movies that he's making and being like oh you, he's attributing this to this to his lived experience as a black person and he's like no I'm not I'm just trying to make art and it's like that like Sam Levinson Ooh, writing that for, that some, for make someone me to feel say very comfortable is very I think it's very problematic yeah for sure um, and it's very, it's, unco- as, like, a non-white person, too, like, I'm, like, if a white person, like, if a white director and writer told me to say these lines about, like, my own people, and, like, my own, mm. like, like, oh. I'd be, like, really concerned. Yucky. I don't know, like, yeah, i feel yucky. really, yeah.
1: Also saying it's just art is, like, saying it's just a prank, bro, They're like, <laughs> no, literally. murdering somebody. No, literally. <laughs> <laughs> like, saying it's just, what are you... Why do you want to make movies if it's just art to you? Like
0: Yeah, no, like
1: What does that mean? To I'm just you? trying
0: to make art. It's like, no, you're That's not how artists I don't think that's how artists think like all the time. Well,
2: pivoting this back to Biopics. I think that's important. <laughs> Sorry. I think that's important that we consider the directors and screenwriters of Biopics about who we're writing them about you oh, know absolutely. if we're telling certain stories about you know people of color are white people writing these scripts right. and why right.
0: <laughs> you know like i mean you could tell spielberg and like is telling the story about oscar schindler that comes from a place of serious like <laughs> okay <Of> serious <laughs> like care and mm-hmm. and and um and fragility and like not fragility like oh, no, it's
2: being careful I, with the material.
0: Yeah, and and with such like poignancy and true like, in the in the most like humbling like and most like careful way, you know. Right. Like the movie literally ends with the survivor, like the survivors of Oscar Schindler. Right. Like the people who he saved, like visiting his grave. I think in um I think his grave is in is in Israel. I'm I'm pretty sure, um. Like, that is what biopics can do. Right. You know? That is, like, truly, like, the power of, like, actually taking someone's real-life story, something monumental that they really did. Maybe not, like, We Bought a Zoo. But, like, like something that, like, truly <laughs> wonderful that... Well, actually, just kidding. We Bought a Zoo is also pretty sweet. Um, so something truly wonderful someone's done and, and t- turned into a, a work of art that really honors that. And right. really moves people that's what i think biopics can do
2: and i think that's why it's so important to bring people in to do these biopics who can do them accurately and who genuinely have a passion for this story and the way we need to tell it and again that goes back to so much that we complain about with hollywood here (laughs) but
0: we really kind of hate movies. We, we... No
2: more movies. We hate you, we Universal don't want them. and
0: Paramount. We hate you. <laughs> um, no, oh, uh, goodness. I do right. hate Amazon, though. <laughs> Amazon Studios, uh, can you make better movies? Yeah, Sound of Metal was great, um, but, you know, everything else. You haven't seen it. Uh, I mean, I heard it's <laughs> great. I heard it's great. <laughs> <laughs> From you. Yeah, it is oh, great. No. Yeah, It's
1: just... Bliss was oh, okay. accurate and authentic. In oh, the I'm sorry. We tell.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. You know, I, I'm just going uh, on script. Script of
2: what? We do not have a script. No, I'm, we... I'm, I'm,
0: I'm, I've been scripted this whole time. Yeah, I wrote Tristan's
1: script. <laughs> yes. I put my uh, views through his <laughs> Spencer mouth. Oh,
2: Remember my script? God. Spencer. Spencer.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's why we're so problematic here. Yeah, so, yeah, no, absolutely.
2: Spencer also um, tells me what to say. I'm sorry, I was lying. Spencer's I thought been pulling I had to the strings
0: him. this whole time, like the puppet master. <laughs> oh God. On that note, can we can we end the episode now, Spencer? Yeah. Okay. Uh, on that <laughs> note, um, <laughs> we're gonna end the episode. Tristan's um, like, I'm done. I have to yeah. go <laughs> Tristan has to go. Everyone. I'm just, I'm just playing along. Um, <laughs> We're gonna end the episode here. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed our, our little ranting. I think we talked about a lot of we great. We ranted a lot. A lot yeah. of great. We could talk about this film like longer, man. Like it's, it's a really interesting topic. Well, I we'll probably have
2: up. a whole host of
0: new biopics to review by next year. That so. is true. I, 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 stick with us. I was meaning to talk about my the silly war ones, but anyway, uh, we'll we'll end it here. Um, it's been Tristan, Cause, and Spencer, as always, and uh, we'll see you next time. Peace, love, and happiness.